0: I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetters, Scott Eklund, and Luke Munger. Washington defeated UCLA today, 44-23, in front of an announced crowd of 69,847. And it's just an absolutely perfect day at Husky Stadium. Sunshine, 56 degrees at kickoff. The sun was mostly behind the... Um, the uh, the South, South uh, stands, but uh very, very, very comfortable game today. Washington came out and did what they needed to do. Um, I think the surprise today for me was I knew the game was over when pregame, walking over to the UCLA side, they not only brought their heated benches, they had them turned on for the entire game, which is a little bit surprising. Well, they
1: were on the shaded side the whole game, so... I'm not saying I'm not saying that they should have had them, but at the same token, it was probably colder on their side than it was on Washington's side, for instance.
0: It was 56 degrees. I love this. This
1: is the this is the cold pussy saying that UCLA. Uh, yeah, uh, this is like
0: the pot that, calling the kettle black. No, that just shows how bad it is. I, I, uh, that, it just UCLA just looked like a really undisciplined team. They were talking. They were talking a lot of trash. Even then, when they were down and getting manhandled, and if they made a play, they made it seem like they just you know won the game. But uh, you know, a uh, str- little bit of a strange game for me. I don't. Did you sense a little bit of strangeness out there today? No, not well. No, other than other late? than we could see the game.
2: Because it, it was light out. Why was it strange for you?
0: It just kind of had a weird feel the way that Washington was able to run the ball, the way that UCLA was acting. Uh, you know, then we were hearing rumors of Josh Rosen and the offensive coordinator going at it on, on the sidelines.
2: They didn't go at it josh rosen just absolutely ignored him
0: there was more than that from what i was hearing on the sidelines and then uh you know when he went in you know they were looking at his knee the, one of the last plays in the first half i guess he got hit and his knee brace came off and when he went to the locker room that started the second half um you know it was a hand he was looking at there was some blood on one of his hands and uh, they were looking at his knee as well but I don't think Josh Rosen – there was a lot of NFL scouts here today, Chris. I don't think he made a good impression on a lot of the scouts that were here today.
1: Well, I think he kind of showed who he is. But again, Washington is arguably the best defense in the country. I mean, at least in terms of yards per play, Washington is statistically the best defense in the country. And so to hold him to what he was able to do is is really, really good. I mean, the guy is still going to be probably a top-five draft pick. But the bottom line is – Josh Rosen is who we all thought he was. He's a pocket guy who can sling it around, but if you get him off his spot, it's going to cause him some problems. You're right.
2: He is what we thought he was, a coach killer. Because he's got an NFL arm, an NFL body, he's talented, he's all those things. But the guy doesn't – he doesn't love football. It's pretty obvious.
1: The guy just does not love to play football. And he's not very tough. He got beat up today.
0: Yeah. He got beat up. Well,
1: I'm sorry, but if we're talking about guys for UCLA that don't like to play football, I put Soso Jamabo at the head of the list. Number one, he might be seriously – he might be the guy who played, who's the biggest guy out there that has played the smallest of anybody I've ever seen. I have no idea why that guy does not play behind his pads. That's absolutely ridiculous. What is he, 230? He, I don't know. He, I don't know. Whatever he is, he plays half that size. Yeah. He two- he's a solid six 6'2". I think he's 6'2", two,
3: 220. And then you look at me, the smaller of the two is all the refund me, if I said that right. Yeah, and he's he the plays. one that runs in
1: between the tackles. Yeah, yeah he's a player. I mean, he... he I could see them doing some damage with him, but Jamabo, every time he does a couple things, then all of a sudden he just absolutely disappears.
0: They had a good offensive line. Washington was getting to the quarterback quite a bit. I thought they had a really good game plan, you know. and it looked like um, that uh, Miles Bryant did indeed step out to uh, play the other corner position, and they came in with Ezekiel Turner to take the spot for uh, Jordan Miller. Is that what you guys noticed most of the game?
1: Well, yeah, Taylor played the played the nickel. And so they got their three experienced safeties in there. And then, you know, Austin Joyner helped supplement the cornerbacks. And then when it got out a little bit out of hand, that's when they put in the true freshman.
0: I thought Bob Rondo had the play of the game when, um, you know, Miles Bryant made a hit on the guy um, and he dropped the ball. And Bob Rondo said, I think the guy got the wind knocked out of him by the ball. You know, because it hit him in the chest. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I thought the defense played really, really well. I thought Miles Bryant played really well. Vita Vea in the first half. That's as good as the first half of defensive tackle football I've seen in a long, yeah. long time. He, well, you know, they,
1: well, it was him and Gaines yeah, together. I mean, I, Gaines
0: I, had I gave, really amazing
2: first half, I too. gave those guys the co-defensive MVP of the day because they really set the tone up front and made it almost impossible for uh, UCLA to do anything in those first three and I And
1: I think, to be honest with you, the key to stopping Josh Rosen early was pressuring him right up the middle mm-hmm. and, and getting him off his spot and making him move around and making him feel a little uncomfortable. Now, he was able to make a couple throws because he had so much time and they were only pressuring maybe three or four guys at most. But I'm telling you, I mean, that early pressure, and especially when you added guys like Ben Berkervin or DJ Beavers or B'Aria, and then we can talk about Azeem Victor coming in as an outside linebacker. Uh, Pete Kwiatkowski called him a jack. Um, I I thought it was the buck or or oh, whatever it Jack was. All or, yeah, but he was he was just the outside linebacker, and um, and I think he started to do some things as well. He had that pass deflection and. Uh, I thought he started to do some interesting things as well. Kind of hit on that kickoff, too. Granted, he does play kickoff anyway, right. but, but I think, I think Washington, fans, Washington fans need to realize that now with Ben Burkirvan, what he's done all year, along with Keyshawn Beery, and now DJ Beaver's coming in, Brandon Wellington got a few series in this game. I think they need to realize that Azim Victor's not going to be playing in the middle of the, rest, the rest of the year, or or maybe not. I don't know. If there's an injury, maybe he
0: moves yeah.
2: back,
1: but yeah, I, I don't see it happening.
0: Yeah, he really lit Darnay Holmes up on that kick turn, and then he lit him up, and then Darnie Holmes started talking smack to him. (laughs) Well, no, Darren Andrews, when he scores
1: that touchdown, just starts talking smack to those guys. Like, you know you're down like four touchdowns or three touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, I understand confidence, but that's
0: just stupid. Well, one other thing, and I don't know if you guys notice it, but I guess that when Washington ran out of the tunnel... UCLA came out at the zone. same time. Yeah. I don't know if that was showmanship or a mistake or what it was. I but don't think they're supposed to do that by Pac-12 no, rule. No, they're not. And if, if it wasn't if it wasn't Jim Mora, you know, trying to pull something, again that's a sign of an undisciplined football team that they don't know what they're supposed to do. If it was on purpose, Really, if it wasn't on purpose, really, but I think it's just one more thing you know to the Jim Morris story down at UCLA because they look like a really undisciplined football team to me.
1: Well, I mean, they had six penalties for 59 yards. They they did have a penalty that extended a drive, and Washington got a field goal out of it. Jaylen but Washington Washington did the same thing Vita where with Vita Veya. And, but Washington had four for 47. I thought, to be honest with you, both of them had some penalties early, but it seemed like Washington was the team that cleaned it up a little bit, whereas they UCLA kind of stayed a little bit, was a little bit more undisciplined. I will say, I asked these guys during the game, where, where was Jalen Phillips? This is a five-star All-American, Army All-American. He goes up against Oregon his first game back in a few weeks and absolutely terrorizes the Ducks. And he comes out here and was absolutely invisible. I think the one play he had was the penalty. Was he still hurt? No, he, well, played. he played last week. Yeah, so he played he against Oregon. Design. So that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he killed people against Oregon. And so I, we had him as a pretty big factor in this game. And then all of a sudden, he just disappears. By the way, just real quick, Kim, props to Luke Munger. Breakout player of the game? Oh, did I say Savan? right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, Savan had a good game. He had a couple big runs there, and then that kick return, unbelievable. Yeah, I I felt pretty good about that. Well, the thing is, and I think I explained it, is at this point it's hard to pick a breakout because everyone who plays has been playing all year. I think think
1: you did a good job. You get a pat on the back for that one. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I just I wanted to ask you guys, because I didn't see it, but uh, that roughing the passer call early in the first quarter. What, Vita. What, what, was that questionable? We what was it?
1: Well, it's hard it. to say they never really showed it. But even yeah. so, I'm sure that's something that they'll coach up and, you know, figure out. If it was good play, bad play, whatever, and you just can't do it.
0: Yeah, it just seemed like it was a really late flag, and Rosen was complaining. And after he complained they got the flag is what it seemed like. I, so think, I awesome.
1: think, Scott, if I remember correctly, your comment on that was like, well, you got to protect the Rosen one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think was that, awesome. that was your comment. And I think that was the lateness of the flag, I think, was the compelling yeah. factor. As to was that really the right call?
0: So. Yeah, and just before I forget, some guys it was just really, really great to see on the sidelines mm-hmm. – Kevin King was back and he was just having fun down there. Buda Baker was back. He was having fun. Uh, Corey Littleton was down there. Uh, Travis Feeney with his, he's Taurus Labram again. But, uh, Travis Feeney was down there. So.
2: Quentin Richardson.
0: Quentin Richardson was down there and it's always great to see those guys and Kev. You know, uh Kev was saying Buddha still has a year left. Buddha still has a year of eligibility left. So Yeah,
1: I don't think that's gonna work. Yeah,
0: but those guys were having fun and you know, we've been around all of those guys a lot. And they're they're a lot of fun. Yeah. They're a lot of
1: fun. Well, and And there was also a tweet by Sidney Jones saying he was watching on TV saying how much he wanted to be here because the atmosphere looked amazing. Mm -hmm. So at least that's a good sign that at least on T V it showed up and you know what? It's funny. You know, there's some people that really thought the crowd was great, and I just thought, at least coming out, it didn't feel great. Uh. I think they had their moments, and I, you know, you could okay. feel the shaking and stuff. But for the most part, it didn't feel like it came out as as excited as I thought
0: people would. Well, no, I think they're saving up for Oregon week for next week because I can guarantee you, it's, they're going to. Husky fans will bring their A game for Oregon. I, well,
3: I, I thought the, the the time that I heard it the loudest was when Tristan Visciano knocked his first field goal that's, through. That got yeah, super loud. That was there. a big.
1: There was a big roar for that. There's yeah, no doubt. I think
3: that's good to get him some confidence, and it's good. To, I think well, the, the crowd kind of showed up for him there.
1: Well, it was interesting
2: because they actually had a race porter holding the uh as the holder well, which
1: they can because he's not on the yeah. road on the I, road
2: if it was a road game i, I think it would have been whitford i will and- almost guarantee you i okay i don't know this i'm just <laughs> they've got to take Grace porter on the next uh the next we we'll only have
1: one It's stanford yeah so.
2: they they've got to take him that that game could come down to a field goal you have to take a guy that you your kicker obviously trusts him And feels more comfortable with him. And remember, early on... This is nothing against Joel Whitford either. He's probably holding just fine. But, man, these kickers, if you're just a a millimeter off in the angle that they kick the ball at, that's what happens, is what we saw happen
1: down at Arizona State and Colorado. And remember, let's remember today, too it was going to be 10-10 UCLA misses an extra point mm-hmm. so early on it's looking like wow could this end up being a 10-9 game i mean i don't think any yeah. of us really felt that no. but that's again where these special teams
0: things really do they can matter sometimes mm-hmm. it's just this was a game where i didn't feel washington was ever in any danger no, they they, that. yeah i mean did yeah. you feel uncomfortable at any point in time
1: well no i mean even the early field goal yeah. no i mean it felt like they were settling into the game. I don't think they necessarily had a fantastic start, but never did I think that UCLA's offense was going to just all of a sudden just go on a roll. By
2: the way, when when Luke Luke was very correct, there was a big cheer when he kicked it through, but when they settled for the field goal in the in the on that second drive, you could hear people going, "Oh boy. Here we go." All right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you yeah. Know, well, I mean, the decision to kick yeah. the field goal. Yeah, yeah there was I think mean,
2: you could hear the crowd kind of going, oh, There's boy. Like yeah, those. this is not good. <laughs>
0: so. Trey, Trey Adams, you know, not playing today. I didn't see him on the sidelines, so I don't know. Um, no, nope. you know. I didn't see him either. Yeah. Um, Jordan you know. Miller
1: didn't see him. Yeah, I did see him.
0: Um, the uh, Luke Wattenberg played quite a bit, and Andrew Kirkland yeah. played quite a yeah, bit Andrew as well. Kirkland started.
1: It, I think Andrew Kirkland probably ended up it was getting more like snaps. like yeah, 60-40, something like because that. because
0: Kirkland got the first two series,
1: and then Wattenberg came in for the next couple series. In fact, Wattenberg was the one on that first touchdown drive, and I was thinking, whoa, that might be compelling we were You noticed he had a couple nice blocks um, to spring some guys, and so we thought, oh, well, maybe this is going to be the thing. But clearly it sounded like Peterson said that the game plan with Coach Huff was get Andrew Kirkland in there, get Wattenberg in there a couple series each, and then kind of reevaluate as they went on. And I think the, the thing is maybe you're preparing, because I think Andrew Kirkland,
2: what, what – what makes him so effective is not being a regular starter. I think he's a better guy as a backup to come in and maybe get a, a spot start here or there, but not be your regular starter. I think they would like Luke... My guess is they would like Luke Wattenberg to take over as the starter at left tackle and then be able to use Andrew Kirkland in the you know four spots that he can
1: play. So essentially turn Luke Wattenberg into Trey Adams yes. and still keep... Kirk Kirkland is the spot guy, as the the number one guy off the bench. Exactly. That's
2: my opinion. I think that's where they'd like to end up. Does that happen? I don't know, but that's, I think, where they'd like it to end up.
0: Running down the stat sheet, uh, Washington, net rushing yards, 333 yards. Uh, Last year they had uh, 360-some against Oregon, so uh, 333 yards. UCLA, only 62 yards. Washington with 58 rushing attempts. Washington averaged 5.7 yards per carry. By the way,
1: Scott, you said you looked up the record for rushing attempts? The the
0: record is a
2: 77, and it's from a long time ago when they weren't throwing the ball. Was it even top 10? No, it's 68, uh, was the bottom of the top 10. Uh, The the last time Washington rushed for more than 58 carries uh, was 2015 against Oregon State. They had 59. And they did 60 a couple times in uh, Peterson's first year in 2014.
0: Washington averaged 5.7 yards per carry. UCLA, uh, solid 2.2 total offensive yards. Total yardage. Washington with 4.42. UCLA with 2.32 uh, total offense average per play. Washington averaged 6.3 per play. UCLA, 3.8. Just getting back to the individual statistics. Uh, Soso Jamabo, (laughs) their big running back, nine carries for 28 yards, Josh Rosen, a very, very pedestrian. 12 of 21 for 93 yards. Only 93 yards on 21 attempts. Not really good when you're taking a look at Washington. Miles Gaskin, you know, he's going to get consideration for Offensive Player of the Week with 27 carries for 169. LeVon Coleman, 14 carries for 94. Uh, Savin Ahmed had six carries for 40 uh, yards, but he had a 34-yard run that was really nice. Um, Just receiving yards. Uh, Ty Jones, two uh, receptions today, his first two receptions of his uh, career, which is really, really nice. And then you take a look at the um, uh, Jake, just one more thing, Jake Browning, 8 of 11. He only threw 11 passes, 8 of 11 for 98 yards, and most of those seemed like they were dump offs. Uh, Ben Berkirvin, leading tackler, was seven. Uh, Ezekiel Turner and JoJo McIntosh each had six. Uh, Washington had five sacks, and they had a lot of pressures on Josh Rosen as well.
2: Yeah, you didn't mention
0: that uh, Leon Coleman had three touchdowns yeah. as well. So yeah,
2: in this case, you know, three field goals, yeah. five extra points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great game. I and I thought the punt returns and kick returns were both. I mean, Washington, other than Joel Whitford's one shank punt, yeah, and I would say Washington pretty much won the kicking game, no question. Well, there's
1: no doubt that they flipped field position yeah. on Big. on UCLA a few times. That really helped spring mm-hmm. them, and. You know, again, there was was some criticism in terms of the pass game and whatnot, and but again, when you're going to run the ball that many times and have that much success, having shorter fields is really going to play into that. And
2: Savon Ahmed's 82 yard kickoff return was the really we called it the play of the game. You know, the turning point because Washington's only leading ten to nine at that point. Um, They go down, and you know Ahmed gets the 82 yards, and then two plays later they go in from. One yard out
0: so well, you know and the other thing is I don't know if you guys could tell it up here but down on the field when Josh Rosen was out and he went to the locker room game was over their body oh, yeah. language changed their whole uh, everything changed for UCLA and it was looked like they looked like they were defeated and gave up once Josh Rosen was gone
3: yeah I know you could definitely feel kind of I don't know it's almost like sort of a downtroddenness I think that Washington i I, I think it was just the physical Toll that Washington, with their physicality, were on them all game. I think that it when it reached its pinnacle and taking their quarterback out. I think that was kind of, the, I guess the, I guess kind of the, the plight of everything they're able to do physically. Against I, UCLA. I, I was
1: going to say mm-hmm. too, look I think there was wasn't there a timeout that UCLA called in the third quarter, and I don't know if it had to do with the up tempo and things like that, but it looked like they had to take a timeout kind of the way Chris Peterson, when he was at Boise in 2013, had to take a timeout in that second half because they were just rolling. Was Washington the, was just rolling. And I was wondering if it was one of
0: those, man, they are just chunking us. and like we a
1: basketball we got, time. Yeah, we got to
0: take a timeout, timeout just to stop the rhythm. The timeout, or was that the timeout on the Dante Pettis quest, uh, catch that they were trying to question? No,
1: no, no. This was when – no, 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 yeah. no. This was – I don't. No, 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 no. This wasn't on that. This was on a. This was on a separate play. It was kind of out of character. It was like, why is UCLA calling a timeout right now? I don't. I didn't I get it. Like I said, that was my read on it. I'll have to look. I have to go back and
0: look at it. Yeah. Um. You know, good game night. You know, just kind of strange that we. Uh. You know, with five games remaining, four of them are at home. You know, so three games, uh, left at home and one more on the road. Oregon week coming up next week. Um. Just by the way, um, basketball. They had a scrimmage today. I think they played a scrimmage against Boise State today. Uh, that was close to everybody. And uh, Brian Penn Johnson uh, was in the stadium early in the game. Brian Penn Johnson. He's all of seven foot. So uh, big recruit. So I think they want to just kind of th- you know roll him up in a, a carpet and throw him in the trunk of the car and not let him leave town. But uh, big time commit, or, you know um, recruit in town uh, for basketball. So uh, and what a great day to bring him up to see. So, uh, final thoughts, Chris Fedders. Uh, just that uh, Chris
1: Peterson talked right off the bat in his post game press conference about it being a Don James type day, and I think it was. Obviously, the game time was the Don James type football. Um, you know, in the afternoon with a full house, great defensive effort. Uh, you know, finding the run game, stopping the run, really forcing their marquee player a- into some poor situations, and uh, and playing great special teams as well. So, I think overall. Very much a Don James style win. And, and um, you know, Peterson said how much it kind of permeated this week uh, with obviously yesterday with the unveiling of the statue. And then obviously the way they played today was very much, I think, a, a Don James type
0: ballgame. Uh, Luke Munger, final thoughts?
3: Yeah, Jake said in his uh, post game interview when they were talking about only throwing 11 passes and all that stuff, uh, he kind of pointed at the run game and said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think that was kind of a good theme for today. Washington was able to kind of just impose their will on both sides. It felt like they were getting off the field quickly on defense. On offense, they were able to chew up a lot of the clock. I was going to try to look at the time of possession here because I didn't have it off the top of my head. But Washington had the ball for nearly 34 minutes. And really felt like they were kind of just in control of that game ever since that Savon Ahmed had uh, a big return and kind of felt like the, they stole the momentum and never gave any of it back. Final thoughts, Scott
2: Eklund? Uh, you know, it, we, we've all kind of summed it up. I mean, uh, although Peterson said today was dedicated to, you know, this was for Don James, but he said I think the only thing that he would have wanted was that it would be raining. Is what said, I did.
1: think he said it would have been more. like more, He would have loved it even more. Loved, it even, yeah, more, loved so. it
2: even more. So um, no, I you know Washington got back to you know I think with the the bye week and the way the Arizona State game went right before the bye week, I think everybody was just a little on edge. And I think this game should put people back, kind of bring bring people back off the ledge, and and just hey, Washington's going to be okay they're they 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 have got to figure some stuff out especially on the injury front but washington is still the best team in this conference in my opinion uh, they've got some tests ahead of them but i think washington is
0: still the best team in this conference they're gonna have to show it every week for the next what five, uh, four weeks Chris Peterson obviously won't talk about injuries. It was hard to see uh, Hunter Bryant go down and taken into the locker room. We'll see how bad that is. Hopefully, it's His just t- a th- hopefully it's just a thigh contusion. His tweet is not
2: yeah. That's an out be for the given. season tweet. Yeah, that's an
0: out for the season tweet. Yeah. He some, um, <laughs> so so um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this right now. If that UCLA team was Washington's football team, I think fans would be pretty pissed off at the way they played. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a very, very so- that's a soft football team, as I've seen in a long time. Uh, when you're a soft team and then you're talking chatter like that, coming out of the tunnel, you know, out of the locker room, at the same time Washington did, uh, you know, just some of the stupid stuff that was going on with them. If that was Washington's football team, fans would be pissed. So it'll be interesting to see how the LA Times and how this is received by the UCLA fans. On the other hand, good game for Washington. You know, it takes a record to seven and one, which is a good place to be, you know. And uh, TCU lost uh, today. Um, Penn, State. Penn State lost today, so Washington should go up in the rankings. No. They won't go up above Penn State. Well, we'll see what they
2: happens. lost to the number six team on the road. Yes. It's and they lost by one.
0: Well we'll see what happens. Arizona no if Arizona State beats USC, we'll see what happens. And you know, for those who listen to the podcast, um I'll go ahead and fill you in a little bit about what's going on. We'll probably make a more formal announcement on um, Sunday night, Monday morning. Uh, we've been working with 24/7 Sports and CBS for quite some time to get a long-term uh, commitment. Uh, well, they've been looking to get a long-term commitment from us at Dogman.com, and Thursday, uh, Thursday. We agreed to an extended contract with CBS. Um, it's a really good deal for us. Uh, we'll be with it's them. for the for, fans, too. Yeah, it's great for the fans. There's a lot of stuff that we will now have access to. We will be migrating over to the 24-7 platform Tuesday night. The only way most of you are going to be affected is... Wednesday morning or Tuesday night when we do you know, take over and move over to the other platform, you'll need to log in again. So, um, if you forgot your username and password, that might be an issue. Front page is going to look a little bit different, but they're also working on a redesign. So, uh, just a lot of stuff coming up and this spring, a lot more changes. But, um, this is a really good, uh, thing for all of us at dogman.com. Uh, they are really encouraged that we've been around. They call us the flagship because we're one of the, you know, innovators you know in this business so um it's a really good deal so um it's good for all of us uh, we're really happy about that and we'll fill you in more uh, probably monday morning on what it all means but for us it, it just means a lot more stability and we have access to a lot more stuff. So, uh, pretty happy about that. It took a long time. We walked away from the negotiating, negotiating table a couple of times. Uh, there was some cussing and swearing going on, but at the end of the day, uh, we got what we deserved and uh, we're pretty thrilled about it. it. Yeah, wanted it. yeah, you know, so uh, we're well taken care of. So, hey, for all of us at dogman.com, again, Washington lead, uh, wins 44 23 over UCLA. And if you want those daily updates in your inbox, Shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter, and we'll get those to you. So for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinnell, along with Chris Fetters, Luke Munger. Go Dogs, Not me, huh? And Scott Eklund.